The wait is over. The wait is over. We're wrapping up the Christmas series for this year. I entitled our message tonight, The Wait is Over. For those of you who were waiting for you to open your gifts, the wait is over, right? Hopefully you did open it this morning or early this morning. For some of us, we did our exchange gifts here at church around 1130. Uh, for some of us, we're still waiting maybe. Okay, no? We're waiting for our credit card bills now to come. <laughs> the wait is over. Let's read Luke chapter 2, verse 8 to 20. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in clothes, cloths, and lying in a manger. Suddenly a great company of heavenly hosts appeared with the angel praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth to men on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see the thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby, who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. This is the word of the Lord. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for everything that you have done for us. We thank you for all the blessings that you have given to us. We thank you for the songs that were sang this evening. We thank you for making it possible that we are here, safe and sound, in this building that you've provided for us. We thank you for our families, our loved ones, our children, our spouse, our friends, our family. We, everything that you have blessed us with, all the gifts that you constantly give us that we don't even recognize as gifts. We thank you for making it possible for us to now realize that we owe you everything. Father, we ask for your Holy Spirit, the true teacher, to speak to us tonight, to open our hearts, and for your Spirit, Lord God, to open our minds, and that you will anoint me, Father, your vessel, with the message that you've given me. I pray for your people. Please heal them according to their hurts. Please heal them physically if they are hurt. Please heal them, heal them spiritually if they are in need of you. Please mend broken relationships, Lord God, and please save those who are lost that you have brought around us right now. We love you, Father. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Amen. The wait is over. For some of you, you were here yesterday, and you are here, and you're here again tonight. 
And you're probably wondering, what am I doing? Why do I keep going to church? Or maybe you're saying, better it is to be at church one day than to be thousands elsewhere. Amen? Some of you are thinking, what is he going to be talking about? Is he going to be talking about the one we spoke about yesterday? Now we're going to be talking about a new to topic tonight. A new topic. Not really a new topic. But a new message. In the topic of the wait is over, waiting on God is over. Let's pretend you and your family own a huge amount of debt. Many Christmases happened and you owe, owe your, your financial responsibility is to the roof. And it seems like you are unable to possibly pay this in the near future. And then year after year, your debt continues to increase because of the interest rate that you signed up for. Despite your hard work, double job, triple job, it seems like the debt doesn't go away. And what, when, just when you thought it was going to be over because of the interest rates, you look at your note and it says, wait another 30 years. Now you've been praying to God for help. You've been saying, Lord, help me. One way or another, Father God, please help me. How much longer is this going to take? And then God tries to speak to you, but you don't listen, right? God is somehow whispering, stop speaking. But you keep saying, I'm wondering, Lord, why am I not getting out of debt? But you like to spend. And you don't want to listen to him. But then you're still, you're praying, Lord, how much longer are you going to take for you to send me the help I need? Lo and behold, because you went to four prayer meetings in a row. God answered your prayer the following week. You met a rich person that befriended you. And he said, listen, God has spoken to me. And he told me to pay off your debt. And you're wondering, you're jumping, you jumped. And you, out of your joy, you start crying. And you were thinking this guy, you were hugging this guy, and you were kissing. And, and, and then he goes, he goes, but wait, but wait a minute. He told me to pay it in 400 years. <laughs> now all the jumping came with the punching. And all the crying of joy became... Crying, real cry now, like, what are you talking about? You know, it took 400 years. For 400 years before Jesus' birth, God was silent. That scripture that we read, that event that happened, 400 years, 400 years, there was no prophetic words. There were no psalms to encourage the people that were waiting on God. And then one day he appeared and made a fairly significant announcement. Right? The announcement is the wait is over. The wait is over. We read it in Luke 2 8 14. Right? The announcement, I find it odd if you were listening or if you have your Bibles there, that, that scripture. 
I find it odd, really, that he showed himself to ordinary shepherds. Shepherds were not extraordinary by no means. They will never be extraordinary. During that time, shepherds were the one that the society despised. Nobody liked to be around shepherds because they're out in the sun all the time. And if you've been out in the sun, do you, know, you know what that means, right? In Tagalog, amuy araw. Actually, Americans like that. They say, I smell like the sun. <laughs> but us Filipinos like, what? You like that? It's, there's that smell. And you're around the sheep. And so the animals smell. But the society back then in Jesus' time really abhorred the shepherds. But oddly enough, after 400 years of not saying a word, the God chose to make the announcement to shepherds. Shepherds. The wait is over. The Savior is here. It was being relayed to people that were insignificant in the society. The ones that were ignored. The ones that were shunned. You know, there was a long time that the Jews experienced oppression. For the longest time, they were hoping and praying and asking for God's help to release them from the Roman Empire. But again, 400 years, no word from God, no messages whatsoever. And the first, first message comes from shepherds. What's the lesson that we can take here for Christmas? Messages come through ordinary people, right? God's message comes from ordinary people. If you think that, you would think, right, right now, especially in our society, that the best people that God should have made the announcement to were the graduates of the Rabbonic School, right? The, the top ten, maybe. If not the valedictorian, God should have sh gave him the message because everybody has his respect already. Or the leader of the temple at that time. Somebody in position. That should have been the better idea for us. But see, what we learn here is that God makes his announcement. God gives his messages through ordinary people. No amount of education, no amount of money, no amount of reputation. Uh, public reputation really is the God's concern. It really isn't his concern. The message came from God that, the, that he is now here. The Savior of the world is now here. And he gave it to the people that we want to ignore, that they would ignore. The other message there is this. We have to be careful in our waiting and when we get bored and then we don't want to hear it anymore. In waiting, there's silence, right? You see that silence? We're uncomfortable with that, right? They made a tag. Give them the uncomfortable silence. We don't like it. When you're angry, the real good ones, the oh my gosh, if you're married to a Filipina, when they go silent, that's when you should be really concerned. 
I would say all women maybe, but I only have experience with the, with the Filipina. When she doesn't say anything, that's when I know I'm in deep trouble. And that's when my deep prayers happen. Lord, if I die before I wake. <laughs> we don't like silence. But in God's silence of that 400 years, before saying anything about his coming once again, he was actually working in the background. You know, during that 400 years, the Roman Empire conquered most of the world. And as they were conquering the world, they were building roads. And through that building the roads made it possible for Mary and Joseph to actually make it back to Bethlehem as the prophecy was said. Remember, the prophecy was said that the Savior will be born in the city of David. And that's what exactly happened. The roads were paved. In God's silence, God was working. During that whole silence of God, there was one almost the same language being spoken because of the Roman Empire. It was Greek. Greek was being almost the one language for everyone, everybody. The Bible was then being, the scriptures were being translated to Greek in order for everybody to be aware of what's going to happen. In God's silence, He is working. Not because you're not seeing it, not because you're not hearing it, not because you're feeling it, He's not, you, you automatically think He's not working. God's not hearing my prayers. Yes, He is. You're probably just sleeping. You're probably just ignoring it. Because you don't like silence. You'd rather have an angel moment, a prophetic moment, a burning bush experience. Because that's our society, right? We love to be entertained. We have, remember, we don't like waiting. Nobody likes waiting. And then what's the other thing that we spoke about last time? We have a short attention span. I just lost some of you there. Where is he now? Are we still in Luke? Yes, we are. There's just so many ordinary things that happen there. The other ordinary thing there, Jesus, Jesus was born um, in a manger. You would think that the God of the universe, universe should have been born in the biggest palace, in the biggest castle, in the most comfortable, most magnificent structure in the world during that time. But no. God chose to be born in the stable. And then the other thing, God chose to be born with parents that were not rich. Again, somebody that has not, nothing socially impressive. So many ordinary things that happened during that night. But the one most incredible moment was that the God of the universe, our Savior, was born. So during Christmas, we try to make Christmas about what? Gifts. Magnificent gifts. Beautiful gifts. Impressive gifts. Beautiful things. Which is okay, but it's really not about that. It shouldn't be about that. But sometimes we say that, but then we, our credit cards don't say, don't say it. Now, here's the gospel moment for this. 
Romans 6.23, For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. As beautiful as the Christmas day is, the birth of our Savior, the purpose of His birth was that that same baby will be sacrificed to the cross to die as payment for your sins and mine, not His. If you did not receive the gift that you were praying for, you actually received the gift that you should have been praying for it, through Christ Jesus. If you have received Him, you have received the best gift from God. If, we, if you've been praying to God and saying, Lord, please help me pay my bills, He already did. The biggest bill. The biggest bill. The bill that you're incurring is because you like to spend. That's what it is. The latest iPhone, the latest iPhone watch, the latest iPhone shoes. Okay. Uh, Apple, you're welcome. That's a new suggestion. Right? We love to spend. We do it to ourselves, but then we make it God's responsibility. Right? We get ourselves in trouble because the Bible already said, do not be greedy. But what do we do? Oh, I'm going to be greedy. I'm going to be greedy. But you're going to bless me, Lord. I'm going to do it in a Christian way. I'm only going to do it after I do my devotions. And then I'm going to give my tithes. You're going to practice religion. But then what you're really doing is you're treating God as a genie. A magical being that will give you everything that you desire. But you never really have your heart worshiping God. The moment that the shepherds experienced was a magnificent thing for them. But it wasn't what they, what they saw. It was the message that they were told. Now, unfortunately for us, for you, you will not have an angel message, an angelic message. You will not have the heavenly bodies singing on top of you and saying, you are chosen by God. Accept Jesus now. See, if I try, it's funny, right? What you get is a preacher, a boring preacher that stumbles in his words, that doesn't know his pronouns, he and she. I, I, I integrate that. But see, the wages of your sin should have been, if you, haven't, if you have accepted Jesus, it should have been now, right? No more for you. No more hell for you. Your debt has been paid. But if you haven't accepted him, you still have this debt to pay. And you, my friend, cannot pay that. This, because if anybody could, there would have been no point for Jesus to come down. There would have been no holiday for Hallmark to do on December 25. The reason for Jesus to be born as a man, because everyone sinned. And everyone is in debt against God. Sin, the debt, must be paid. God cannot ignore it. But see, that payment, blood must be shed. Or else, death, eternal death, will be paid. But through Jesus' death, he shed his blood and he paid that debt. What we owed him, he paid for us. And then through that, eternal life 
is gained by those who believe. Those who believe. If I tell you that I have a gift for you at my house with your name in there, but it's been sitting there since 2020 or 2020, it's not yours yet until you come and receive it. It's the same with God's gift until you come and receive it. What's the message in waiting, Pastor Joe? Because the series has been waiting on God. What's the waiting? What's the message in there? Let's look at some examples. Abraham, this is Hebrews 6.15. Then Abraham waited patiently and he received what God had promised. He waited for 25 years for his promised child, son. And a woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years, but no one could heal her. She came up behind him and touched the edge of his cloak, and immediately her bleeding stopped. The bleeding woman waited for 12 years before she got healed. 12 years, 12 long years. One of the men lying there had been sick for 38 years. Jesus told him, stand up, pick up your mat and walk. Instantly, the man was healed. He rolled up his sleeping mat and began walking. John 5, 5, 8 to 9. The man waited for 38 years. Now, I don't know what you're waiting for. I don't know if you're waiting for your husband or your wife to turn to God. And it's been many years that they still haven't. If you are waiting on God to, to convert their hearts, continue to pray. Because the person that you are waiting for, which is God, he is faithful. He is faithful and he is powerful. I don't know if you're waiting for healing. You've been sick for many years, for many months. Continue to pray to God and just wait on him. Because God has ultimately healed you. Because if it... The worst thing that can happen to us Christians is that we die. In this body, we die. But when we die, where do we go? We go to heaven. We go to heaven. Some of us were fearful of that thought, right? Because we want to live in this life. We love our life. And that's, that's good. If you love your life right now, praise God. Because God is blessing you. Praise God. But you know what? This life is not the best life that you can live. It's the life that will be with God. There in heaven. Amen? Imagine you don't have to pay any credit cards there. God will not approve your credit card application because there's no lawyers there. And no, I'm kidding. Probably are. <laughs> there's waiting. There's so much waiting that needs to happen. In Christianity, we wait on God. It's not the amount of time that we're waiting for. It doesn't matter. Remember, you see the paralytic. 38 years. He was paralyzed for 38 years. And just that moment that God spoke to him, that moment that he met God and God said, get up, pick up your mat. The word says, the, ver the verse says, instantly, 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 instantly. It's not the amount of time that you're waiting on God. It's who you're waiting on. You are waiting on a faithful, loving, powerful, generous God. The message in waiting isn't more so of the promise, 
Although that's probably what you what the reason why you're waiting is the promise that he will help you, that he will restore you. But more so, the message in waiting is God himself. God himself. You're waiting on God. That's the message. Because what you will learn as you wait on God is that he is faithful. He will come to the rescue. You will learn as you're waiting that you will learn that he is loving. And then you will learn that he is powerful. Because sometimes our prayers to God are ridiculous requests. In our waiting, there's changing that God is doing. He's working in us. Before He does something for us, He works in us. He works in us. He changes the things that we want. Even our prayers will change. If our prayers always has been, gimme, 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 God will say, you give yourself, and you give yourself, and you give yourself. Christianity becomes from being selfish before Christ, then you will become unselfish. Christianity becomes from being irresponsible, and God will slowly make you responsible. Christianity will make you generous from being stingy, faithful from being a cheat, God will change you from the inside out. That's why if there's a prayer that you've been praying for and you're still waiting on God, don't think that He is not answering you. He is working in you. Amen? Again, the title is The Wait is Over. The Wait is Over. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. The angel along with a multitude. Does that mean thousands? That mean, does that mean hundreds of thousands? It just means many, right? Many. There's many. There were many heavenly hosts praising who? Praising God. Praising God. See, for some of us, we can barely make it to church on that one day that God has told us, come see me, come praise me, one day in your week. One day at the, at the church, at the body that I have chosen for you. Come, come praise me. One day. For maybe one hour or two hours, depending on how much Joe will talk. One day. But we find it so difficult. We find it so difficult. But the angels, the angels, when God came to, to, to earth, the angels celebrated God. When God came to earth, it wasn't for the angels. When God came to earth, it was for men. It was for us, the people that have caused the, the debt. Sin against God, harm against God, violated God's laws. The, the Him coming down in, and who celebrated first? The angels. The angels. But the men, the men that God came for, we struggle. We struggle in praising Him. We struggle in living for Him. 
We struggle in denying ourselves. We say, Lord, you've done everything for me. I'm so grateful to you, Lord God. You've, you've given me the things that I've, in my wildest imagination, would never have thought I would have. But yet we struggle. Yet we struggle to praise him. This Christmas... This Christmas, I hope that we will always remember. We will carry whatever we're learning from here. I'm saying learning, not feeling, because your feelings will, grow, will come and go. If you're feeling sentimental and lovey-dovey because it's Christmas time, you're feeling so, oh, give love on Christmas Day. You're going to be so loving. You're going to be like one of the Jackson 5, you know. And then come January, you're going to completely go back to your old self. You're going to be the selfish person not wanting to give, not wanting to give your time, not wanting to make any sacrifice. It has to be me. They have to serve me. Before I do anything for them, it has to be for me first. Whatever you're learning right now from God, that he gave everything to you in order for you to live the life that he has desired for you, I hope and pray that you will take that your entire life. Does it have to be Christmas for you to live a Christian life? Does it have to be Christmas for you to be generous? Does it really need to be in the Hallmark card and for people to really say, you're such a sweet person, before you really become a sweet person? Does it really need to be an angelic, prophetic moment event for you to then listen then and only then you will listen to the Lord it has to be that it has to be a big magnanimous event see a lot of our lives is just ordinary God gives his message to ordinary people listen most of the time now in ordinary ways I hope that your hearts and your, in your souls, your minds are hearing the Holy Spirit. I know you're hearing my voice and it's boring you, but I really hope that the Holy Spirit is the one that's really ringing, ringing in your spirits. That let this not just be another December 25 for you. And then you go on to 2023 and it's the same thing and you're going to wait for another December for you to live for the Lord. Be Praising God for everything that he has done for you every day. Not just on December. If you are having a hard time praising him, then there's, an, uh, there's a relationship issue there. You have forgotten, you have forgotten what he has done for you. You suddenly probably thought that is all about you again. I'm living the life that I live because I'm a, I'm a hard worker. That's good. That's probably true. But who's keeping you healthy? Who gave you the ability to make money? Who gave you the ability to be strong? Who gave you the opportunity and the privilege to live at this time? Because you could have been born back in the 1800s. <laughs> that if you didn't belong to a royal family, you will be poor right away. And opportunities were less. Who gave you the opportunity to live in this country where it's open? 
It's all God. If you've forgotten to praise Him, you probably start looking, you stop looking at your blessings. And then if you stop praising God, you're probably just enjoying His blessings more so than the blesser. But see, if you are praying and waiting, continue to wait. Because God has a lesson in our waiting. John 8.32 tells us, When Mary reached the place where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet and said, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would have not died. Her brother Lazarus died. But they sent out a message to Jesus saying, Come, Lord, your friend, your dear friend, he's sick. Asking for God, Lord, please come rescue. Rescue our brother. But then it seemed like God was too late, right? It seemed like God was too late because that's what she said. That's what, that's what uh, Mary said here. Lord, if you would have been here, you would have not died. Sometimes in our waiting and then something turned the way we thought it turned and we say, Lord, if you would have just answered my prayer, like if you would have just told the landlord to give us the building, I would have not been worried about another six months. But then Jesus said in verse 38, Jesus once more deeply moved, came to the tomb. He was a cave with a stone laid across the entrance. Take away the stone, he said. But, the Lord, but Lord, said Martha, the sister of the dead man, by this time, there is a bad odor, for he has been there four days. Sometimes our life seems to be crumbling down faster than we would like, right? It seems like everything is sh shattering. And we're saying, Lord, it's too late, Lord. It's too late. There's no stopping this. The body is stinketh. As it smells bad already. My life is now bad, Lord. It's terrible. Because it took you too long. You took too long. But verse 40 says, Then Jesus said, Did I not tell you that if you believe, you will see the glory of God? So they took away the stone. Then Jesus looked up and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I knew that you always hear me, but I said this for the benefit of the people standing here, that they may believe that you sent me. When he had said this, Jesus called in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The dead man came out. His hands and feet wrapped with strips of linen and a cloth around his face. Jesus said to them, take off the grave clothes and let him go. Sometimes, sometimes God intentionally makes it look like a Rocky film. You guys know what a Rocky movie is? Or are you too young? No, if you, if you haven't seen a Rocky movie, he loves to get beat up first. No, he, look, he has like five black eyes, you know, you can never like really see. He's mangled up, he's torn up. But then there's, when that, sh that music comes, and you know the right hook, and another right hook, and then the, the, 
Drago goes down on, on number four. Mr. T goes down on number three. It's a comeback movie. We all love it. We all love underdogs, right? We all love the last second shot. We all love it. Why? Because that's how God designed us. And you know what? That's what God has done for us. When we're waiting on God, it might seem like we're losing. Christianity right now is the one that is being mocked by the world. Right? All, all the biblical standards are being mocked, being torn apart. We seem like we, it seems like we're losing. But guess what? God is actually, he has won the war. We might be losing some battles here and there, but God has won the war. It is okay to wait on God. Because God said, like, he made sure, he made sure Lazarus was dead. That's why he came on the fourth day. Because, you know, there were, there were many reasons there. If he came on the first day, maybe people will say, maybe he was just sleeping. If he came on the second day, because there is this uh, uh, superstition that they had there, that the spirits around until the third day is still lurking around the body, they will go back. So God made sure, Jesus made sure, that he went on the fourth day. You know, when God answers your prayers, he's, he makes sure that you're saying, oh, I'm done, Lord. This is it, Lord. I'm in big, big trouble. There's no way out of this. And that's when God says, finally, now I can come in and handle this. Because that's when you say, wow, that was God. There was no way. I've given up. I've given up on my marriage, but then God swoops in and saved us. I've given up on my child, but God swoops in and saved him or her. I've given up on my relationship with you, Lord God, but you swooped in and you made it possible. Waiting on God, waiting on God is a blessing on its own. This Christmas time, with a few hours that's left in it, I pray that you will meditate and pray to God that he will enable you to remember everything that he has already done for you and everything that he will continue to do for you, whether you see it now or not. You pray, ask that he will enable you and strengthen you to continue to wait on him on whatever you're praying for. If it's a, a love life that you're praying for, if it's a financial debt that you're, you're waiting for, whatever help, whatever help it is, Ask him to strengthen you to wait on him. Amen? Amen. That is our message this evening. Thank you very much for your patience. As the music team make their way up here, for those of you who are visiting us for the first time and you um, or have been visiting us and God has spoken in your heart to accept him as your Lord and Savior, that you want to accept that gift of salvation, that you want to belong to his family, and that you want to spend eternal life with him after this life, please come up so I can lead you into that prayer. If you've been visiting us for quite some time, and God has impressed it in your heart to become a part of this family, please come up so we can recognize you. Or if you just need prayer, please come up so we can pray for you. Let me close us in prayer. Father, we thank you for your message. Again, Father, we are grateful for everything that you have done for us, constantly, continuously. We pray, for, we pray for our loved ones. Please keep them healthy. We pray for our relationships, Lord God. Please continue to make them flourishing. 
We thank you for our, our businesses and our jobs that you've given to us to provide for us. Please, Lord God, continue to provide for us. We pray for this church that you've given to us as a family. We pray, Father, for your protection from the attacks of the enemy. And we pray for your, your anointing to all the leaders and the staff members. Please continue to strengthen them. And we pray for all the members, Lord God. I pray for growth for them spiritually, Lord God. Grow them. And Father, we pray for blessings for everyone that has heard your message. And we pray for salvation for those who are lost. We pray that this will be the evening that they will accept you as their Lord and Savior. We thank you for everything. We love you, Father. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. And all the Lord's people said, Amen. Amen.